Good morning. This is Peter Inch along with Steve Gilbert. We are the co-hosts of the Inch by Inch, the Home Comfort Show, presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning. We hope you'll be able to listen every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 as we provide you, our listeners, with some information about your heating, air conditioning, and how it works in your home. We'll also give you some tips on how to reduce the energy usage for your heating and air conditioning and hopefully reduce some utility bills. But most important, we'd love to answer your questions. So please email them to inchbyinch at peterinch.ca and ask any questions about your heating, air conditioning in your home or business and you will be entered in to win a draw for a smart thermostat at the end of the month. Well, Steve, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been six months? Six months of being off the air. Well, six months for me, you were... I was, yes, I was on, I was on air for a bit, but yeah, we have not, you and I have not been together on the air in six months. And my voice might have been on there, because I think there was some tape shows There was some, yeah, there was some stuff going on, yes. I heard the March show like uh, nine times. (laughs) So, (laughs) I... Sorry, I didn't get to pick what shows they were playing, but yes. They yeah, were just... We talked about winter covers in August. I was happy about that, you know, <laughs> that we you? were yeah. talking about winter covers. Yeah. But maybe we'll talk a little bit about why that happened. So back in July, July 6th to be exact, I was restructured out of Roy Inch and Sons yes. by uh, service experts enter care at that point. And... Uh, at that point, you carried on and continued to try to do the show. You know, yes. it was tough without me, Steve. I know that. I, I, <laughs> you know, you lost some hair. You had some sleepless nights. No, I, no, actually, I, I had I had full control over all the creativity. I, we just, yeah, um, it just there was really no traction after you had left. So um, unfortunately, they they decided to let the show go. And then. Um, so how did Peter Inch and Associates and Stephen Pete get back on the show? Was uh, we kind of had some people drop by on my back deck and have a meeting back in August, where uh, everybody said they wanted to open up in business and uh, wondered if I would come along and and help. Yes. So we had um, things, you know. Changes, changes is, is a wonderful thing. Change happens every day, and um, there was just uh, a chance for an opportunity that kind of arose. So, uh, given you know, we we kind of collaborated together and decided to go off on a new venture. And then um, we started to look for a place. That was pretty tough. That was interesting. Yes, but we did. We finally found a location, so yeah. we were thrilled about that. And, and where are we located now? So we're in the northeast part of the city. We're uh, just off of Clark Road, so just north of Clark between Dundas and Oxford. Uh, a little street called Pacific Court, so we're number 10, Pacific Court, unit number 2. You'll know it. It's just down the street. Uh, we're just before you get to Habitat for Humanity Restore, so I'm a big Habitat fan, so... If you're familiar with the Restore on Pacific Court, just look for us on the left-hand side. Or 
Fork, Fork River Brewery. Fork River Brewery. Yes. yes. It's just down there as yeah, well. So little craft brewery place just down the street. Yeah. So if anybody's aware of that, you know, please uh, stop by. Uh, you know, COVID restrictions in place, mask and so forth. But uh, yeah. we're pretty Commit- proud of our place. Come in and have a look at our building. Yeah, we've done great things. It's kind of bright. It's very bright. Just uh, we've gone back to some original colors. So, uh, yeah, just... Make sure you've got your sunglasses. Doesn't matter what kind of time of day it is. Now it it's Peter Inch and Associates. Yes, you're one of the associates. Yes, or we are calling them founders. Founders, founders yes. And we have, you know, besides us two, we have five more uh, to make a total of seven yes. uh, founders. And we're over the next few weeks, we're going to bring those founders in and and interview them. Uh, I think you're going to do the first one next week, and then uh, I'll do the next one, but we'll kind of co-chair that. Yeah, that was one of those part of the decision. It was just kind of exciting to, uh, you know, have an opportunity to be self-employed, so to be invested in something. So I'm more than happy to be part of this company and being like a founder from the ground up. So we we look forward to that. Maybe, Maybe we should just introduce the the names because a lot of them will be familiar because they've been in everybody's home out there yes so we've got uh, peter inch yes you know not you know not that anybody knows <laughs> me or anything but uh steve gilbert yes we got uh josh bettencourt yes we got brandon baldwin yes we have rob Cotto. yep we have vanessa holmes bell and we have my son uh brandon inch yes and then not as a founder, but an employee who has, has joined the company is Craig Hearn. Yes. So we're uh, a lot of them, you know, we got over 140 years of experience. It's amazing, actually. Yes. We've got a lot of talent, really just talent in the building. Yes. And, you know, we are all, um, we're very diverse in our skill sets. So uh, we complement each other very well. And that was part of the attraction as well. And I guess I'm not such a bad guy that, you know, if everybody came and asked me to come back into business with them, <laughs> some days maybe. Well, you know, there is the stresses of opening a new business. So that's, that's we're going through some of those early growing pains, but we've had a, a, a great amount of support and uh, looking just forward for that to carry on uh, all the way through. So that would be great. Now, we know everybody missed our curling updates. Yes. So the Olympic trials are over. What do you think of Jones and Gushu going? I think they're two great representatives. That, you know, they both have uh, prior Olympic experience. They both have medals. Uh, they're both very dedicated in the curling world, and I think will be well representative. Uh, the, the interesting thing was, you know, during the trials, there, you know, any of those top teams uh, would have represented us very well, but... I mean, they both worn the maple leaf at the Olympics. I think they'll do us proud. Now, we had, I had negotiated a deal with Jacobs. Yes, you And did. so I was kind of, he made it to the finals, and we were kind of cheering them on, of you know, hoping. But like you say, there's some great, great players there. Yes. That really, really hope we'll do well. And, and now, mixed doubles, our team... Uh, team Tuck, or uh, uh, that we have been involved with for many years, they made it 
to the mixed doubles Olympic trials. Trials, yes, they made it to the trials, and then unfortunately the trials had to be canceled because of uh, COVID. So uh, they're going through the process right now of trying to select the team out of what sixteen teams. Yeah. So out of possible sixteen teams, uh, Curl Canada, along with the uh, Olympic Committee, Canadian Olympic Committee, are trying to select the team that's going because they can't have a playdown. Yeah, and own the podiums involved in that too, because they they do a lot of the funding of uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee and to the, all the athletes and that. So it'll be interesting who the pick. So the Tucks are in the running. Yes, they are. You know, but uh, I think it's most likely my eyes. It might be Holman and uh, John Morris. Yes, just for their experience and uh, knowledge. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what how that unfolds. I know everybody's kind of on edge wondering about that, and I'm sure the curlers are even worse because, you know, they would all love to go. But um, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how it's selected. Did you get a phone call? Uh, no. No, um, I, I didn't get a call either to ask our opinions. I mean, we'd be more than happy to voice our opinions. <laughs> to share my opinion? Yeah. But well. uh, I, don't, I, I never got that call. You know, maybe I should make sure my phone's working and... You know, curling Canada that they understand they, my number hasn't changed. It's still the same number. But. Yeah, it's it's a uh, but it's not it's unfortunately uh, in the in the mixed doubles we aren't as highly ranked as we are in the fours. So uh, finishing with a medal is critical for us. So there's a lot of pressure not just on Curl Canada and on the podium and everything to get this right, but also on the curlers themselves because I mean. Uh, there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you have uh, shared with me, which a lot of people don't realize. You know the importance of getting getting at least a medal. Yeah, exactly. So, well, you're listening to the inch by inch home comfort show presented the first first, the first presented inch. by uh, Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning, and we will be right back after these short messages. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch Home Show, presented by Peter Inch and Associates, Heating and Air Conditioning. We have Steve Gilbert and Peter Inch here as the co-hosts. Um, our uh, phone number, if you want to get a hold of us at the uh, shop, is 226-499-3752, or you can go to peterinch.ca. For our website or Peter Inch and Associates on Facebook or what's that? Twitter, Insta- Instagram, Instagram, yeah, yeah, all that stuff that I LinkedIn, LinkedIn, all have, those things yeah. have trouble doing. But <laughs> so we've explained where we've been. Now we're back. We talked about curling. We better get into some heating, air conditioning questions. Okay, it's kind of rusty. I hope I've got the answers. Well, I I got some easy ones for you. I hope I may have to. You know, I hope I don't have to step in here and help you out, but how often should you change your filter? Wow, okay. So, um, filter change really depends on what you have in there already. So, it depends on the uh, size of filter. So, whether I'm just talking either whether it's a 1-inch or a 4-inch or a 5-inch. Um, there are many different sizes of filters out there in the marketplace. There are different types of filters. So, some are... They all have like a thing called a MERV rating, which is how well they stop stuff like dirt and dust and dander. So is it a MERV 1, a MERV 2, a MERV 8, a MERV 10, a MERV 16? All those things are important to answer your question, Mr. Inch. So um, 
If it's a one inch filter, we recommend uh, at least to put in a Merv 8 filter so you can purchase those at any big box store. You can get them from us here at 10 Pacific Court if you want, but we recommend that you replace that once a month. So that filter uh, will get dirty just because at one inch it doesn't have a large holding capacity. So every month is great. You can get two months out of them, but you really need to keep an eye on it. If you're running your furnace fan all the time, it will only last a month. So then you go to a four inch filter. Four inch filters will typically last anywhere from from four to six months probably. So you should be probably checking it uh, You know, every like it'll only maybe two or three times a year you're gonna have to change that filter. If you've got a five inch filter, you need to change that twice a year. If you've got a Merv 16 filter, that one, it, like it, it might, it should, you should change that twice a year as well, but just depending on, on your environment as well. So all I'm saying, once you figure out your filter replacement on, an, on a regular basis, you'll understand what's going on in your house. And that's really not gonna change unless you have renovation. So just once you realize that what that is, put it on your calendar or on your smart device, just to remind you that that's when you need to change your filter. And if worse, you know, right on the filter, the date you should change it, yeah. not the date you put it in there. Yeah, because then you can't figure it out. Yeah. But if you put on, you know, I put a filter in today and I want to change it in a month, then I could put the date down that... Uh, but the only thing about that, and, and I agree with you as well, because when a technician's down there looking at it, he'll say, oh, you were supposed to change this. But I mean, if it's if it's it needs to be someplace where you're going to see it too. So whether that's a note on the fridge or... If it's in your smart device, that's the reminder that you need. And today's smart thermostat is going to send you a reminder either by email or on the screen to say, time to change your filter. Now, a question I get a lot on the phone is, which way does the arrow go? <laughs> so the arrow stands for airflow, but the easiest thing to remember, the arrow always points to the furnace. So if the arrow, it just the arrow points to the furnace. So it's that's the important thing. And again, a Sharpie, draw it on the ductwork. Right. So that, you know, every time you go down, you just, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, and our technicians will do that for you too when, if they're out, if you have one of our guys out to, to the house, you know, they'll certainly explain that to you and they will get a Sharpie out and they'll draw an arrow on the ductwork just to tell you how it lines up. Now, one thing with our inch care plans. Yes. Um, they include a filter up to a Merv 11. Right. They, I mean, if you have a Merv 16, they, it's not included in our inch care. And we have our inch care, our inch protect, and then our inch ultimate protection. Yes. So we have three inch plans, and they all include filters. So keep that in mind. Um, so we'll place, as you said, everything, anything up to a Merv 11. And our guys carry filters on their truck. Yes, they do. As well as we do here at the shop if yes. somebody wants to purchase a filter. Yep. Uh, even oddball filters, if we don't have it, we'll get it and order that in. And That's correct. can drop it off or uh, you can drop by. We'll give you a call when it's in and you can drop by and pick it up, whichever is easiest. Yes. Now, the next one is another. So we get a lot of, you know, the question, why, why is it so important to keep that filter clean? Because... It doesn't affect the furnace in any way. It affects the furnace directly. So if a filter's dirty, and so as a, they call it loading. So as a filter uh, loads or as it gets dirty, uh, it uh, air has a harder time going through it. So 
if you can just imagine it's getting really dusty now and and so a filter can allow air through it but it can't allow certain particle size through so it starts to fill up and it starts to get dense and dirty so that actually stops air from being able to go through it but your furnace motor doesn't understand that your furnace motor keeps on chucking away so if it's having a hard time pulling air through it actually causes your motor to run hot or if you, if you were to put an amp meter on it it would just start to draw more amperage which just means it's running under load and if you know anything about motors uh, running telling a motor to run hot or run under a higher load actually will will can cause damage to that motor so you're really going to take a motor which was designed to last let's say 10 years and you're going to shorten its life expectancy and possibly cause a major breakdown or you, you could crack heat exchanger all kinds of things yep you know because it affects the rest of the furnace going up if you can't move air then that heat the furnace could go off and off on limit because you can't get rid of the heat so there's a lot of bad things that can happen just from not changing the filter now another thing that we get a lot of questions about is humidity like yes. what's the proper humidity level in my house so if you can really it's a range these days so i mean it's, it's kind of interesting before the smart thermostat came around people would just accept humidity levels in their home but now they know what it is because that thermostat tells them exactly what the humidity is so you know if just depending on on the home uh, we we typically like a range anywhere between 35 and 45 percent so if you can hit that range that's great some people may want it more than 35 but sometimes a humidifier can't give you more than 35 so there are different ways of introducing more humidity into a home but uh, you, you have to keep, you have to keep in mind that if you don't have a product which will support that then you're going to have to do something to to make it so that you can add more humidity into a house but 35 to 45 percent is the range and, and humidifiers can run from like six hundred dollars to three thousand dollars yes depending on the humidifier and how accurate you want that humidity in yes. your home. Yeah. The only way to really introduce a lot of moisture into the house is to use steam injection. So they are a more expensive humidifier, but if you're looking for, if you can't get your house above 30%, let's say, then you, know, you could add multiple bypass humidifiers on your furnace, but that doesn't seem to make much sense. Why don't you just go with the steam injection and then you'll make sure that you hit what you're trying to get. Yeah, and it and and a steam. You know, we were not fans of steam. I'm going to say six, seven years ago, even longer. But yeah, the new technology now is much, much better. Yeah, and and it's kind of like tankless water heaters. There was a while there where we were not fans of tankless water heaters, but now the the companies have caught up to what we need in Canada, and uh, we think Renai and Ream are very good tankless products mm -hmm. for that, and and. Uh, April air is what we recommend for the steam uh, humidifier. Yes. So, and it works very well. So, you feel a little rusty, Steve? Or you, no, I'm, you I'm good, actually. Getting yes. in the flow. We were, you know, we'll apologize. We are a little rusty, so the shows will get a little better as we go along. But, uh, you know, it, it it is our first time in six months of getting back on the horse, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's nice to be back in the in the seat. It would be nice when we can get back in the studio. We can take live calls. That Which would be awesome. Yes, yeah. that's always the goal. 
So you're listening to the Inch by Inch Home Comfort Show presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, again, we'd love to get your questions, so email those to inchbyinch at peterinch.ca. And the we, phone number. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch, the home show presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning. You have your co-hosts uh, Steve Gilbert and Peter Inch here. And we're just answering some questions about heating and air conditioning, and I'm going to jump right into our next one is... What can a homeowner do to improve the heating in their home? Is there something that they can do? Yeah, buy a new furnace. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did talk about filters. Yes, That's we did. one thing. So, and humidity. That's another thing. So, to improve comfort in a home, it's important that you have the right humidity level. Um, also, you may want to make sure that you've got uh, proper air distribution throughout your house. So, you know, if a register is not working in, in a certain area... That room's going to be colder. So, I mean, lots of times when I'm in a house and, and that register's not working, it's just because there's a damper in there that's closed. So lots of times I take the register off, reach down, and find the damper closed. And it's in there usually a long way. But, you know, you open the damper up and all of a sudden you get heat in that room. So those are simple fixes. Uh, other things you can do, just, um, you know, some people uh, just on thermostats, where the thermostat's located... All those things make a difference in a house. Uh, so keep in mind that when you're heating the house, uh, the you know the furnace is only obeying what the thermostat's telling it. So if the thermostat's in an area that's getting warmer faster and shuts off too soon, then really that house isn't going to heat up comfortably. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need to just find ways to make, let the fan run because we we believe in letting your fan run all the time. And that actually makes a house more comfortable. It keeps the humidity levels equal in a house and also filters the air all the time. So those are just some key things that you can do. Just running the fan. But keep in mind that if you've got an older furnace, running the fan is going to make your hydro bill spike a bit. Well, and running the fan is going to take that cold air from the basement and that hot air from the, the highest level and mix it together. Yep. So... By doing that, you hope the furnace doesn't come on as often. Um, but like you say, if they have an older furnace with an AC-driven um, fan motor, uh, the They're newer furnaces yeah. are just pennies to operate yes, to have run all the time. Yeah. So, And some people like to have a fireplace running too, but and sometimes that fireplace is going to affect that thermostat, uh, like not tell it to come on. So same sort of thing if, if you have a room like that, you know, just turn the furnace fan on, and then as that fireplace is running, you're going to actually take that heat and disperse it throughout the house instead of having it trapped in that area. So just some things to, to think about. Now, what if I have a cold room? Like, a, you know, a bedroom above the garage is freezing cold, and what can I do there? Well, if there's, if there's no... If, there's no, if you're getting the proper airflow out of the register that's there, and it's still cold, then, you know... There are ways of adding what we call uh, ductless options for you. So they make a, they make ductless heat pumps. We can put uh, like a ductless head up there, and you can just really just isolate that room and allow that unit to, to provide heating and cooling for that room. Because usually, if there's a if there's a heating problem, there'll be a cooling problem associated with that room as well. They usually go hand in hand. Uh, they're they're usually not one without the other. 
And maybe, you know, I don't think we got time on this show, but one of our shows, we're probably going to talk about those uh, hybrid heat pump systems. Yeah, very popular these days. Uh, Intercan has a big program on now with heat pumps. Um, so that's not going away anytime too soon. So, um, you know, we were we were on heat pumps 30 years ago, and uh, they are back, and uh, really they're being fully supported by the government these days. Now, you know, other things homeowners can do to improve the heat in the home, they should watch those vents outside. I mean, we don't have a lot of snow right now. Yes. But they should pay attention to those uh, vents and make sure the snow doesn't get built up. Keep them clear. Um, just, uh, just other simple things are, you know, insulation, um, you know, you have a leaky door, leaky windows, all those things. You can make small improvements, even an attic hatch, right? An attic hatch, if you don't go up in your attic at all, you know, you can seal around that attic hatch just to stop the cold air from kind of leaking in or uninsulated basements. All those things can cause um, your house to cool down too quickly. And, and this never happens in my house because I never open the windows. <laughs> but a lot of times we open the windows in the spring and summer and when we close them, we don't lock them. Right. And and that locking just pushes that down an eighth of an inch or whatever to right. gain. It seals prevent. that window properly, yes. So so it's something that, you know, every once in a while, just go around and make sure all those windows are locked. Yes. And, you know, I never have that problem. I, I never open the windows. So. Right. So it's... So anything else, you know, we've... Filtration, humidification, you know, airflow. Uh, what about, you know putting boxes around the furnace and you know just cramming it in well so a furnace uh, you know your, your furnace has got these the furnace of today is zero clearance so you can put stuff around them but i mean if a workman has to if a technician has to go in there and do some work on it he really needs to get not just to the front of furnace he wants to see the whole thing so he, he really needs to be able to get around it and have a look at it just to check to make sure that everything looks all right. And he has to be able to maybe, because uh, sometimes they want to get in and have a look at the heat exchanger, and sometimes they have to cut into the, the metal plenum above the, above the furnace. So, you know, sometimes there's no access to do that in the front of the furnace, so he'll go to the side or the back in order to do that. If you've got stuff crowded all the way around that, it's really not... Um, I understand it happens, but it's just not the best situation. And typically the water heater's close by where the furnace is these days too, and it needs to have some room in front of it as well. So just keep in mind that the gas code says that there has to be 24 inches of access to the front of a furnace. So um, that doesn't mean you can't put a door in front of it. When you open the door, you get your 24 inches, but just keep in mind about serviceability because if it can't be serviced, it's, it's not really in a situation where it's going to be a code violation and they can write you an infraction. And the techs aren't getting any smaller. No, no, uh, they're not getting any smaller. And really just tools that they have to use, they have to be able to comfortably get in front of your furnace and do a proper diagnosis and maintenance on it. Now, one thing that's code is that CO detectors are to be in a home. Where where are they supposed to be placed? Well, in they're, they're supposed to be placed on the levels where you are sleeping. So in my, just in my own brain, mm -hmm. I think, you know, they should be on every single floor of a house. I mean, for the cost of a CO detector, why not have one on every floor? So 
Uh, I just tell people that you know they're supposed to be where you're sleeping so you can hear them and react to them. But if you've got a rec room downstairs and you've got a couch and a television set, I mean, chances are you're going to have a little nap down there when you're watching whatever you're watching. So there should be a... Curling. Watching curling. I don't fall asleep during curling. <laughs> but there should be a CO detector down there. If, if there's potential for you to lie down someplace and have a nap, I, you need a CO detector in that in that vicinity. That's my that's the way I think, anyways. And, and the reason they recommend them outside sleeping area is well, when they go when they because they are they are a, a life safety device, but you have to be able to hear them in order to respond to them. So that's why you have to be able to hear it. If you've got one in the basement in the furnace room because that's where you think it should go, and you're up in the third story of the house and that trips and you can't hear it. It's not going to alert you to get out of the house. And, and what's some of the items in a home that will create CO? Anything that anything that burns. So anything that creates a flame or creates combustion. So it could be a wood fire, gas fireplace, propane fire, propane stove, barbecue. Please don't bring your bar- mm-hmm. barbecue into a house if you know if if the heat goes off because gas range. If you have a gas range, you should have a proper uh, exhaust fan that vents out of the house. You can't just have one of those recirculating models. Um, so anything anything with a flame that creates combustion can create carbon monoxide, even a candle. So you just have to be very aware of that. Well, and, and, and it's, you know, like you say, don't bring your barbecue in. When we have power outages or ice storms, Unfortunately, that's a story that has happened where people do bring them in. Well, same thing, just bringing your barbecue into the garage and closing the garage door. Same thing. Same thing happens. And it can be the wind, even, blowing into the garage versus in the fumes and everything. So just be careful. You're listening to the Inch by Inch, the Home Comfort Show, presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, if you have any questions, please email those to inchbyinch at peterinch.ca. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Inch by Inch Home Comfort Show, uh, presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning, hosted by Peter Inch and Steve Gilbert. Just like old times. Yeah, coming to our last segment, uh, you know, felt feels good. Yeah. Feel a little rusty, though. I'll say you are. <laughs> so, it took, took me a while to figure out this uh, if setup. If people could only see. <laughs> so. just, I mean, I, anyway, yes. Hopefully it gets better. Yeah, yeah, definitely will get better. But Now, a question that came in. Should I have my HRV running in the winter? Absolutely. Now, what is an HRV? They call it HRV. Uh, the acronym stands for Heat Recovery Ventilation. So, it is a... Uh, we just call it a, a fresh air in a box. So with today's houses being built so airtight, they need air. Um, so what it, what an HRV does is it exhausts a liter of stale air inside of a house and replaces it with a liter of fresh air from outside the house. And it does it on an ongoing basis. So you can. they also help to reduce too much humidity in the new home today because new homes seem to have a moisture problem because when they when they build a house that concrete that is poured has a lot of moisture the wood that they build has been laying around it's got a lot of moisture in and then what they do is they wrap it all up in plastic and put a roof on it and heat it so that 
home has moisture problems probably for the first few years. And so building code states that you need an HRV or an ERV to be installed just to help deal not only with the moisture issues, but also getting some fresh air in the house as well. And and it should run in the winter? Should run in the winter. Yeah. Hence the heat recovery. So it, just think of it as you opening up a window to get some fresh air, but you're losing heat doing that. What a just an HRV would just switch it and re, and recover that heat without losing heat. So it's a more efficient way to get fresh air into a house. And an ERV, energy recovery ventilation. So it's designed to run all year round. The HRV really is meant to run only for the winter. If you ran it in the summertime, it's not saying that it doesn't work, but it has no way of stopping all that moisture that we have in those high humid days in the summer. It can't repel that moisture from coming in the house where an ERV can. So our ERV is meant to run all year round. We had some difficulties with those uh, many years ago because of our cold climate and the core would freeze up and then there was no way of, it would just destroy that. So they now make uh, cold climate energy recovery ventilations meant for our winters and they are gaining in popularity because people want to run these things all year round. So it's, so if I have an HRV and I want to run it in the summer, you can, can I? You, sure you can, but keep in mind it was going to affect how your air conditioner operates. So because it doesn't have the ability to repel that moisture, it brings it in. And when you bring that much moisture into a house, you're putting extra load on your air conditioner. Now, we do a load calculation for you. If we understand that that's how you're gonna be running your HRV, we will factor that into the size of the air conditioner and size it appropriately. But if we don't, your air conditioner may not get to the target temperatures that you require. And in my case, we I when I replaced my air conditioner, we knew that, and right. and it went up half a size. Yes, just to combat what you're doing with your ventilation system. Yes, and and that's because I don't open my windows. And but and for your sake, you are you have a lot of allergies, and you're very susceptible to uh, the ragweed and pollens and everything that go on in our city, that you know, to create some sort of haven for you when you go home is your environment is such that you have a good filter, humidifier, uh, UV system, and ventilation system. So we can filter all that pollen out of the, out of the air before it comes into your environment. So hence, ventilation makes sense for you. Now, we, we always talk of why it's important to have a maintenance done on uh, on your furnace on your air conditioner uh and i'm going to include a fireplace here absolutely you know so why is it important and how often should it be done well we believe that a gas appliance should be looked at on an annual basis so fireplaces are a prime example of that Uh, the fireplace has a vent outside well unfortunately that vent is very attractive for birds to build nests in so i mean who knows when that's going to happen it could happen this summer or next summer but i mean if you have a maintenance done every single year part of our check is to make sure that that venting is clear so if there is something like that going on we're going to catch it and we're going to 
not allow that to happen. Simple thing as a bird nesting in the event can 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 create catastrophic problems. It can create carbon monoxide in the house and and that leads to not good things, right? It can it can if there's CO present in your house and you don't understand that it's happening, then you just don't wake up. And that, that's why they call it the silent killer. Yes. You know, carbon monoxide. And it's unfortunately, we see it all the time. And we see people get mad at us when we have to turn a furnace off in the cold weather. And it's really going to save their life. But they want us to leave it on. And we, we just can't do that. Yes. So it's uh, so maintenance every year, furnace, uh, air conditioner, fireplace. You know, if someone says, I don't use my fireplace very much, it still needs a maintenance every year to clean the uh, white stain that's going to appear on the glass and that. But we really need to check the safety switches and the spill switches and everything on that, on that product as well, as yeah. well as tankless hot water heaters. I mean, can they go two years without a maintenance? Sure they can. Uh, but why why chance why ch- take the chance of standing in a shower under a tankless hot water heater when it trips and it goes to fault that water turns instantly cold so i mean if you just do your due diligence and have it checked on a regular basis then you're not going to have those nuisance problems now we we i want to thank a few people or if, and, right here, and you can thank and me. companies <laughs> Uh, you know, yes, first of all, all the founders and all the uh, effort and work they've put in to, to get us up and going by January 3rd. We want to thank our whole wholesalers yes. who have uh, stepped up and, and uh, allowed us to set up accounts and, uh, and uh, start ordering products. We want to thank Carrier. Yes. Who is our equipment manufacturer. Yes. Uh, Chris Appleton, especially, for the uh, work he's done with us to... To help us get set up and trained and take an old guy like me and pull me back forward away from all the model numbers I knew and <laughs> make me understand new model numbers. And and uh, I want to thank, uh, you know, Mom and Dad, Tim and Wendy, uh, for the support they've done and the beautiful, uh, I guess you call it an art piece. Yes, that of, Tim did for us, yes. Yeah, of our logo that's hanging in our office that's pretty special. It has... Uh, because our logo has a wrench in it. Yes. The wrench in the art piece that Tim made is an actual wrench that my grandfather Roy Inch used. So yes. it, it's pretty special that way. Um, there's also uh, Nicole Jensen who worked with me. You know, she's a, a younger person, let's put it that way, a graphic designer who worked with me on the logo and really. Uh, you know, pulled me out of my box of how I think a logo should look, and all I have heard is great comments about our logo yes. and, and the information. So I want to want to thank her for all that. And you know, we've had the the truck shelved at Woodfields, and we're having the wrapping done at Arkell, and there's just all kinds of everybody in this community that has helped us. Chorus Radio, you know, for everything that they've done. Yeah. Uh, so we really really appreciate that. Um, want to thank you, Steve, for coming on, help making the show sound great. Uh, we'll, we will continue to do this every day. Right now, it's not live, so it is. We're taping them on Thursday, but uh, definitely, uh, we will hopefully get back in the studio one day and be able to do these live. That'll be tremendous. Yeah. 
So you're listening to the Inch by Inch Home Comfort Show presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning. You can reach us at 226-499-3752 or always at peterinch.ca. That phone number was 226-499-3752. We'll see you next week.